So I'm curious, how much work, uh, what goes into ordering the product, having it, uh, where does it, where is it shipped? Does it ship directly to you? What do you have to do then in uh, that process? Sure, yep. So, I mean, this is the beauty of, of the current day with Amazon, you know, is, is you, you can do a product and meet a lot of needs of people, whatever that might be. So, so here, here's the basic process. Yeah, you know, we, so we found the product, found a supplier, a manufacturer, shipped to our home, and many times it's like 12 big boxes about this big, <clears throat> sometimes more more like actually 18 what am i thinking so uh you know those boxes come in our garage and and pretty much i I do have a storage unit just for a a few things but pretty much everything is in-house and the whole lower level part just parts of the lower level are dedicated to the business excuse me so um, then it's a matter of sorting them out and uh and you know just checking and, and making sure that you know it's all there and then once I separate them all out, uh, I, I keep a certain amount just for some, uh, you know, some of the packaging that we might have to do uh, for one-on-one sales. But, but by and large, um, all, all of the gloves then we take personally to a place in Lancaster that does the packaging. Mm, that's nice. So, um, <clears throat> so I, online, I, I buy these Ziploc bags. And then I, I pay a, a printing company in Elizabethtown to make these header cards. And then the packaging company, all they have to do is insert the glove in and staple two staples. And, and done. Next. Yeah. So it, it's an assembly line kind of thing. Yeah. So when we first started, this was now six years ago, coming up with design, I, I, I that's my hand. That's my uh, Martin... Uh, classical guitar, <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I got a bed, a bedspread, and hung it in the fr- from the ceiling, you know, and made sure it was t- time of day that it was good lighting, good natural lighting, and then uh, you know took that picture, came up you know with with the wording and so on, and submitted that to the the um, uh, packaging company uh, in Towson, Maryland, mm. and because uh, I had seen them advertised. And uh, and Catalfa, in fact, is their name, and uh, they then threw back to me a, a design, you know, and kind of tweaked it and made it look good, and that's pretty much the design that we're using to today for a good six years now. It's, it's yeah, it looks like something you would see at Walmart. Right? Yeah, it, it, good. It, yeah, yeah, it looks like something you would just see there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In it's fact, great. this 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 uh, half guitar logo, I was on the train going to Philadelphia. And that, that was when I knew I had to come up with something interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was trying all the different ways of trying to put the product into the guitar shape. And it just nothing worked, you know, like trying to put the letters around. The, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that looks stupid. So so that, so that I came up with that. And uh, and so so then this packaging company, Towson, we would have to take the gloves, like these boxes of gloves, uh, but but on, only according to whatever the order that they were going to be packaging. So then I'd have to go pick them up or we would meet halfway. But then uh, I mentioned Rotary Club, which I, I, I can just, you know, okay, well, all Rotary Club is, is, well, we do tons of community service. We give a lot of money away, everything from homeless 
uh, shelter to food bank uh, and a lot of service projects, painting uh, around the, the town, cleaning up trash and and but another big one is uh, Rotary. Well, Rotary started in Chicago, mm. and uh, about a hundred years ago, and it was it was four very successful businessmen who rotated their weekly meeting from uh, their office to office. So that's, that's why it's called Rotary. Yeah, it's that simple. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a rotating meeting, you know, lo- location, and and their first project was to provide public. Uh, toilets, restrooms in the city of Chicago. Hmm. So, so then it just totally blew up from there. It ended up going into 16 countries within a few years, and everything from clean water, sanitation, uh, education, uh, health and wellness, and uh, the environment. You know, tons of you know any any you know good cause you can think of. So it's, it's a service club, and uh, do a lot of great work. And like we have a golf event to raise money uh, every year for the opioid crisis and for mm. dr- drug abuse prevention and, and so on. So, so at, and at our Rotary Club meetings, we have guest speakers, and one of our guest speakers was the head of um, Occupational Development Center in Lancaster, mm. and they work with uh, people that have specific challenges who come in and find meaningful work, and then get trained to possibly, you know, just what is your potential? What other work can you find? Even And that might mean you're going to leave our place and just to help develop them in, in, into meaningful work, meaningful occupations. And they have they do a lot of assembly line work. So that is who now does our packaging. And it's, it's right, you know, Lancaster, uh, Martha Avenue, so, uh, so they, uh, so we now take our whole our whole shipment of gloves, all eighteen boxes, sometimes, and take them to that place, and they warehouse them for us. And I, I just simply have to uh, e- email um, my contact there uh, with ha- how many gloves of each size and color we want on this production, and then when they're done, we pick them up bring them to our small warehouse in our lower level of our home. And, and I have, you know, a specific shelving system set up where we, where we, we place all those. And then when it's time to do a shipment to Amazon warehouses, I'll, um, you know, get, gather w- whatever the number is that, that we need to replenish. And with Amazon, you want, like for Amazon US, you know, we'll replenish like every month. Mm. You know, so you look at the, at the analytics, you know, uh, the, all, all of, you know, how many sold that the previous 30 days, and you come up with a good number of what to, what to ship to the Amazon warehouse for fulfillment by Amazon, FBA. And, and then we do that for all the different countries as well. And, uh, and so that's, that's basically it. We have a, a shipping table in our lower level that, that we do all the preparing of the boxes and of, of the units. Uh, you have to put barcodes on each unit, Wow, that, that kind that of thing, awesome. so that when it sells at the Amazon warehouse, uh, well, the warehouse then has to have the barcode that, that they do for the whole, you know, the, the picking and everything that then they, you know, they constantly are using the scanner and, and stuff. So it's really high high tech. And I, I would love to visit an Amazon warehouse, but 
they, they never let you in. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> Even if you're a seller, I, I've tried it. I've actually really? gone there and said, look, hey, I'm a seller. I have a, a product. You probably have our product here in this distribution center. You know, can you, can you just show me? That's Sorry, sir. You know. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I love, uh, <laughs> I used to work in a factory uh, as well, uh, forklift driving. Yeah. And um, the organization systems, granted, uh, uh, what I at a smaller company can be sometimes messy. But for Amazon, I I really wonder how precise and how uh what it looks like. I want to just sit there and watch and and see see what what like people watching, but yeah. I I cuz I'm curious just how how does the machine run, right? It, it I I love industrial stuff. I love oh, watching yeah. machines work and how they work, like how it's made was mm. a, a was a TV show back in the day where it, they showed you how stuff was made, at like coins or whatever, and I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I have an assignment for you then. Mm. That's the teacher in me. Is go to the Amazon website. You know, like you're going to order something, and if you navigate around, they have videos of like the the mechanism. Oh, do that of of the factory. Yeah, I, I've seen it, and it's really fascinating. And like some, uh, you know, over maybe they have a, a drone or something looking down on the, the production floor. And, right. Yeah, so it's crazy. Check it out. Some of those, I I look I I just saw a picture of like the biggest Amazon warehouse, and it is huge. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, that's nothing. But then I realized those dots on the screen were cars, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay. That's funny. Yeah, um, they're they're constantly building new warehouses yeah. on 283. Everybody yeah. knows that you know you know those colors right. when you see you know you the see that half smirk or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's huge. I'm curious, how much does it? Uh, because you you had told me you'd order ten sample clubs and then you went into a whole five thousand. Uh, how much did that cost? It, it it's not bad at all. And, really? You know, yeah, because of you know the the place it, it's coming from you know and that's just kind of the way trade is right now you know is you protect the bottom line and you know and finding it, it as reasonably you know the, the, the good quality re, mm. good quality re, reasonable uh you know product for as little you know to pay right. as possible and you know so it's 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 significantly small the really? cost of the glove, but the big part is all of the the packaging all cost, the, packaging cost, the yeah. handling, our time, you know, with with all, you know, get, getting the units, and then there's the checking to make sure that they didn't make the mistakes that that we've had in the past, you know, undersized, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> oversized in some cases, you know, so that there, there's a lot of labor in, intensiveness, and then. You know all of the advertising uh, to get for awareness, so people know about it. Right. So, in, in Amazon, they have something called pay per click. So you're you're actually paying when someone clicks on uh, on the screen. So it's called an impression when mm-hmm. when your product appears on the screen. Let's say someone is searching guitar strings on the Amazon, you know, purchasing website, and then all these different products come up and if you click on that product then that that the buyer or the dealer the, the dealer pays whatever and there's a bidding process where you can 
you know, uh, bid a, a high number, like $1.80 for someone to click on your product. And when you, when you bid a higher number, it puts that product higher on the screen and it makes it more visible or, or a larger, you know, little, gotcha. little swatch, they, they call it. So, so you click on that and, you know, and then that takes you to the product page and you make your purchase, you know, so it's, it's a bidding thing, but you're paying for that. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it many times if, if I have to look at all the countries that we sell in, all of the Amazon uh, sales that we've had, Amazon ends up getting easily like 40% mm. of all sales on Amazon. And a big expense of that is the advertising. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, and you know there there's the um, I forget what they call it, you know. But even if you don't do any advertising, if if you make a sale, I think they call it placement fee, and then there's mm. another fee, referral fee. That's it, yeah. And you know, so right. corporations they, they, get their money anyway. They have to call yep. it something, you know. And but then again, as Amazon says, we're totally exposing your product to all of our customers. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it, it's. It's it's a weird because they're also shipping them as well, right? right. Then yeah. there's the other expense uh, is their the FBA the fulfilled by Amazon cost, you know. So when you add it all up, I mean, some countries it's fifty percent, some it's sixty, depending on how well the Amazon ads are being run. So there are companies that exist solely to manage your Amazon product mm. and your Amazon ads. And I've, I, so we, we have quite, quite a, a number of employees who have, they do their own part, their own piece. So the, um, the, the advertising company, you know, managing Amazon ads, we, we had them, we had a company doing just that. And then they started to get a great idea of, hey, why don't we get into full account management? But right around that same time, a, a company that's been doing this for a number of years contacted me and, and asked if we would be interested in having them, you know, at, at a pretty high cost a month, be our Amazon account managers and of, of well, at this point, they're managing six of our countries. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the whole idea is I would really like to kind of step away a little and become right. sem- semi-retired. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> really it has ended up being somewhat full-time, full-time yeah. you know, and there's other stuff in life. You right, know. running a business is, is hard. Yeah, and, and, and so fortunately I'm now able to step away and they've taken over a lot of our operations managing our Amazon accounts. Mm-hmm. So, so um, but a cool thing that's happened uh, is re- regarding personnel. I mean, my, my wife, she's very, very patient. She does, uh, she helps a lot with preparing the units to send to Amazon warehouses. And with some, many times we'll have to do our own packaging if we're mm. short for a week before we get more of the packaged units from our, our packaging company is, um, I was approached or did I, Oh, Oh, I have, I have a good friend at Millersville university, Barry addicts, who mm. is, um, the head of the music industry, music business department. He and I have played a little. He's a great keyboard player, and we played early on, uh, you know, quite a while ago, mid '90s maybe something like that. But he's now on staff there at Millersville. He he came right like the last two years that I was there, before I retired and, and moved on. 
Anyway, so I found out that they, uh, of course, they would like to get internships. Mm. So I then offered to bring an intern on uh, to work with Musicians Practice Club with the company. Cecilia is our person who came on, and she was... Cecilia Jinks, do you know her? Uh, yeah, I do know her. Get out. How? Uh, um, through LinkedIn, actually. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking for a social media person as well. Oh, all right. Uh, because there it's hard go. to manage. Okay, thing. yeah. She's excellent. I mean, we're, we're, you saw on all the links, Spotify, you know, TikTok, yeah. you know, just you know, tons of social media things going on. A lot of followers we have on Instagram and so on. And she's managing all that. And then she's learning now. Okay, so she was an intern, you know, yeah. for for a semester, and so good. It's like you're hired. So so she's you know part time, ten hours a week, and uh, and she's managing now are some of our Amazon countries the the ads. So mm-hmm. she's learning the Amazon ads uh, uh, um, skills, the whole right. skill set involved. Where you know someone who does learn that could eventually be employed full time by these Amazon yeah. ad companies. A lot of them are based out of uh, Toronto, Canada. That's like oh, the, wow. that's the hotbed of, of a lot of the um, the Amazon management companies, Amazon ad management companies. You know, so it's it's a whole career in and of itself. And and I encourage every business department. And I've said this to Millersville. I said this to um, Elizabethtown College, which is really close to us is train your business people uh, to understand at least the basics of how Amazon works because it's, it's an incredible business model. It, well, yeah, and not only that, but it is the industry standard, and it's, yeah. it's going to be that for a while longer. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So she's so pleasant, so perky, and so bubbly, and just a hard worker. And so, yeah, yeah. so Celia, thank you if, if you're listening. So I'm I'm curious. A few questions about the glove itself. Is this machine washable? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But you don't want to use hot water because it could shrink. Okay. Yeah, and just you know, either air dry or just use a, a cool dry mm. cycle. Yeah, and yeah. all those kind of directions are on the website. Oh, the, okay. The FAQs. FAQ. You know, yeah, frequently asked questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. For another one, is there are some players like classical guitar players because of their fingernails, but they have super sweaty hands. They want a glove on their their picking hand, so. So can, can I cut the fingertips out? Yeah, absolutely. But the nature of woven nylon is it will fray. Will fray. So find a safe place to and burn it. At, right. o- open flame. Yeah, and and just seal seal the the threads. I guess it's also called fraying when you when you burn it. Yeah, that, that always confused me as a Boy Scout. They're like, uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. Also. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was in scouting. I didn't get that far. Ah, you're right. Um, but uh, so it. For, for those who don't know, st- stuff will fray, like rope will fray, uh, a.k.a. undo itself. Uh, the strands will undo undo themselves. But to fix that, you have to fray them by, by using a lighter, yes. which, which, which uh, makes no sense to me and very confusing. Uh, you would think you, they would be called fusing. Oh, yeah, that, but, that uh, is a better word. Yeah. It would be a, a way better word than fraying, which is there are some English words that have over time uh, flipped meaning completely. And I don't understand why we haven't just gotten rid of one of the phrase. <laughs> you got me. Um, that's cool. So uh, you've also traveled the world. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what that was like. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm Polish. 
Oh, okay. Grabowski. Yeah. I'm. Um, oh, is that how it's pronounced? Grabowski. I'm sorry. How is it pronounced? Grabowski. Oh, sorry. I have to say it away. Okay. And I'm I'm a quarter Polish, but I'm, my father was pure Polish. Wait, no, I'm half Polish. What am I saying? <laughs> our sons, our sons are quarter Polish. What am I? Okay, so so been to Poland three times. In fact, um, <clears throat> first time I, I I went to Hungary first on a mission trip, mm. and uh, and I I, I took um, an upright base, but it's a smaller one. A company called Palatino, I believe it is, and it's it's like a thinner body, uh, full size string, length forty two inches, and it's electric, of course. And I was able to take it as a special carry-on. Mm. Uh, you know, I was able to collapse the bridge and pack it carefully. So we went to um, to in in Hungary, Bu- Budapest, Budapest, of course. Right, right. You should say. And uh, and we played out out in the open field for gypsy people. And uh, you know, because uh, many of the gypsy communities just have no idea about you know God in their life, and so. So we would play American jazz, and boy, they were so juiced, you know, to come and hear that, you know. And then uh, the the speaker would speak in 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 uh, Hungarian, and and just to to create relationships and friendships, and then have them come and visit them at their center and help you know help mm-hmm. meet their needs and whatever they are, from hunger to you know whatever the poverty level, and and you know, and, and there's a whole interesting study of why they're gypsies. But then also is, we went down. I'm, I'm sorry. What is a uh, gypsy? Oh, oh, a gypsy is a person totally like a nomad. They, oh, nomad. Okay, that's they, what I thought. They have no no address. They don't have to pay tax, of course, because they're under the radar, and they right. they have all these hiding places in the open country uh, of Hungary. Gotcha. But we we also uh, then played downtown mm. in, in the in the inner city in, in the city, and, and you know created crowds. Hey, American jazz, let's go listen. And then the guy would speak, and you know once again just. Just to create a, a safe place of peace and wellness and caring, and it was it was just a great experience. So, so that that was like a two week period, uh, and it was through Word of Life, in, in fact. Oh, in, okay, in, yeah, uh, Tolmash, uh, Hungary, and then from there I went to Poland to visit uh, my my relatives for the first time, meeting them in person. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was weeping. You know, these people that that know my knew my father and and being on the soil of my ancestors and my my grandfather came over a uh, hundred over a hundred years ago, you know, and that there's that whole story there. And but just and visiting to all all the different country all the different cities <laughs> throughout the country, you know. So there's there's a whole other story there without going in into that. But in, as far as per, other performance opportunities, uh, Wheatland Corral and the Susquehanna Corral uh, merged. Uh, this is maybe 14 years ago, which gave me a chance to make music w- with my wife, mm. Peggy, in, in um, Austria, Germany, Switzerland. So we had a chance to, to do a tour like for a 10-day period, and, and that was just a great experience, singing in huge cathedrals yeah. and, uh, and in you know, uh, just a wide variety of venues and, of course, all of the you know, touring and tourist stuff. One, one of the things that I am very upset about, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's past, but um, we, were, we were supposed to, uh, the LBC uh, choir was supposed to tour Ireland 
and we were gonna be in we were gonna be in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day yeah. and singing in St. Patrick's Cathedral of all places. Yeah. And guess what happened the day we were supposed to leave? Mm. COVID. Uh, shut down uh, right then right you got it was canceled the beginning of it yeah it was the beginning of it so you were already over there uh, no no we were we were it was the day we were supposed to leave to, oh, and it got canceled i get it right oh, then sorry about that uh it's okay i'll get over there someday um but uh i'm curious what was some of the culture shocks that maybe you had that you didn't expect at all uh when, when you went over there oh uh, let's see um in poland Probably just seeing uh, a, a degree of, of need, you know, in, especially in the city. Um, um, and just, you know, people able to make do with, you know, very meager means, you know, homes that still had straw roofs. And really? Roofs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the, the roads were just so terrible because they're so old yeah yeah and and this was now this was back in 07 and they had joined the eu Mm. which was a huge boost right of course so then just two years later on the the second trip so the first one i was alone and then the second trip uh, peggy went with me and then a a third trip so each progressive trip we saw progression of the yeah yeah I mean, we're we're t- we're talking, you know, areas that there are like accidents all the time because people are in a hurry, like everywhere else. And it's probably still damaged from World War II, if that if that's this. Maybe because no. I know that that was like a thing mm. in Ukraine. You can go around and see like bullet holes from World War II. Still yeah. Around. Oh yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. No still doubt. like everywhere. I wonder if that's maybe a similar thing in Poland. Mm, I, I, never I, got I, never, to it. I never thought of that. But just for example, uh, you know, uh, one lane each direction. And huge, you know, massive trucks that take up more than that one lane. Oh, Sorry gosh, about no, you're good. Massive trucks and and like getting, you know, like that close passing cars and and it, you know, they, there's no allowance, there's no infrastructure, you know, mm. for these wide trucks speeding along. And you know, like I said, there's accidents all the time. I, my one relative, while I was there, just got word he lost one of his friends in a car accident. Oh, it's no. like whoa. But since the EU funnels money into the member countries, then European Union, right? Right. Yeah. Then right. Uh, they're they're now able to rebuild. So there was a re- progression in the the next two visits that we saw. You That's know, cool. four lane highways finally overpasses and and networks of you know. So it's like so heartening to yeah. see that kind of improvement. That's awesome. Um, in Germany, did you ever? Because I don't, uh, I didn't know this, but Germany is a country of many languages, mm-hmm. uh, not just uh, you know German. Because there's so, several types of German. I, what, did you ever? Would you think ever think of that? Uh, yeah, I'm not aware of. You weren't aware of, of that. that. No, I and I had German in high school, so mm-hmm. I was able to speak a little bit, you know, to some of the locals. But uh, no, no, but but Germany just beautiful. Oh, I'm sure land and oh, just just a, an amazing place and. Really, all of Europe and Poland yeah. just as amazing. You know, some of the the towns you feel like you're in any other European country. You know, because it's it's just the old architecture buildings. Yeah, I would say some that, of them are like thousands of years yeah, old. Yeah, built in the year nine hundred. You know, right? And you're like, what? Did yeah. you know uh, Oxford University is older than the Aztec civilization? Like it Oxford is. University in England. Yeah, it was built in a thousand A.D. 
and the Aztecs only got started around 11, 1100. I never knew that. Yeah. Whoa. That's why their motto is tradition. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that is news to me. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, and another thing about Europe is, I'm, I'm sure it might have been shocking to how easy it was to travel from state from state state country to country. Oh yeah. Uh, very, because like. You can you can drive for three hours in the U.S. and definitely still be in the in the U.S. Right? But uh, I wonder what's the I wonder what's the max amount of time you can drive in a country going in a straight line and right. still stay in that country. Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, it, Europe is much smaller. Yeah. Th- than you realize, you know, unless you actually superimpose the, a map of Europe over, on the over, U.S. Yeah. And the U.S. is still bigger. Way. Way bigger. Oh yeah. So the the UK was about the size of Michigan, and I was like, mm. "Wow, mm. yeah, that's, that's small." That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And then to just jump on a plane, it's really inexpensive to like fly from Amsterdam to Paris, for example. Because right. we did that. Our our son still is over. He was in Amsterdam for two years. Uh, he's an accountant working for a accounting big accounting company, and then he was given opportunities now in Hong Kong. So, but but when he was in Amsterdam, he could just well. When we visited him there, we spent a weekend in Paris, and we would be there in like an hour, you know, for uh, eighty dollars, eighty U.S. dollars yeah, know, it, each it, way. It's crazy to me. You could take a train, um, or and that. or or just drive, yeah. and within a few hours, be in a completely different culture, completely different language, completely different history, mm-hmm. and it and it's all. Just there, and especially with the EU, where where you you don't have to have a passport to get into any country. Right. Uh, you uh, you can just go if you know. Granted, if you're an American, you have to have a passport. But but uh, in the EU, you can just travel. Yeah. And that's it's so crazy. Like, I I I like watching uh videos of of people who do like hitchhiking and stuff like that. because uh, I, I just find this stuff interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. On on the travel channel. On like yeah, like travel channel yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it's crazy. Somebody will be in uh, Switzerland being like, I'm gonna I need to go to uh, Italy or or uh, Greece and and there will be people coming from Germany going back to Greece. Yes. And it's like what? <laughs> and that like imagine if you if you were on the road in Maryland and and you're like I'm trying to go to Mexico and someone from Canada that's not gonna happen. It's trying to go to Mexico. That's not going to happen ever, ever, right. oh, most yeah. likely. Oh, especially now. Especially well, right, and and so I, that's just mind-boggling to me that it's so connected. And thank God it is because mm-hmm. beforehand it was a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious. Um, going back to uh, your your Christian roots. How how does how does one maintain their faith in in such a secular world that that, that we live in? Uh, what are some of the choices you have to make? What what are some of the uh, uh, how has your faith been challenged, if at all, through it all? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, number one is just be able to let go of things from the past and and just know you know that, that looking back there was a reason there was a plan for that. And, and 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 current hardships, you know, just to, you know, lift up uh, and, and see it as a sacrifice to that. I I, I lay that at your feet, Lord. You know that, that this I have to just let that go, and just trust you, and 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 not let all the noise around us totally bombard us, and mm-hmm. kind of like um, 
people love going to the beach to and hearing the roar of the ocean and and, and I'll never forget this is one of the messages at, at, at LCBC Jason amazing communicator and and he was saying that that uh, when you're you know totally you know, all the noise and all of the distractions around you if you sit on the beach and just listen to the roar of the ocean it's it's e- equivalent you know to god's roaring mm-hmm. at you be still know i am god all is well i got this I, you're in my hand and and in you know it's it's discomforting and, and and just to be able to just drown out all the distractions and uh and just focus on the most important thing and encouraging others to do the same and uh, another one I'll add on to that is taking care of yourself. There's one of my mo- most favorite Bible stories. I can't remember the prophet. I th- it's either Elijah or Elisha. Uh, but he was angry at God, or he was just angry at, at the people of Israel and angry and angry and angry. And God told him, listen, a basic to the effect of go eat and take a nap. <laughs> and he was all better afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting, simple piece of advice. And yeah. I mean, it's how much, I mean, how, how little do we take care of ourselves when we're all pent up, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we get so angry or so uh, emotional that we forget, oh, I haven't slept in a, a long time or, oh, I haven't eaten since yesterday. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure as a musician going at it all the time, or even as a business person, you, you realize, oh my gosh, it's two o'clock in the morning. Or especially as a college student, right? Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten since this morning. Uh, you know, and you don't feel it because you're just Whoa. in the process all Whoa. the time. Yeah, yeah, that'll change as you get older. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I haven't experienced that for a while. <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah. But so, um, you also work with Nami. Tell me about Nami. Sure, sure. National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, I, I have two brothers that have had, you know, diagnoses of, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty severe, um, bipolar, mm. you know, manic depressive, you know, one, one hour you're real high, you're, you're, you're going to rebuild a bridge, right. you're, you're going to write the, the biggest hit song possible. And, and a, a lot of mental illness ends up hitting a lot of the music community, musician community, yeah. I've seen firsthand. I don't want to just oversimplify or judge or anything, but it just, I've seen it. It happens. If anybody knows any music history, you know of all the, the problems mm-hmm. that musicians go through, uh, no, no matter what happens to them. Or, or any art. Or any art, yeah. Yeah, and the art community. The art community, yes. Say, artistic people, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then unfortunately, uh, the uh, behavioral health hit one of our sons, you know, mm-hmm. to the point that he, he, uh, he's disabled, really, at this point. And, it, and it's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's of a very, very difficult kind that he lacks insight into, into effectiveness of uh, exposure response prevention therapy. It's, it's the gold standard of, of treating OCD. Where like right right now, if if I was bothered, let's say, by this, there's an object or you, you know this oh, this glove gotcha. package. If if I have that hanging over the edge Can't there, have and and some people that would just drive them crazy. They wouldn't be able to talk. They wouldn't be able to do a thing. Have you ever seen Monk? 
that's exactly it's exactly what it's what, talking about. What it is, yeah. So an exposure response prevention therapy would be if, if I had this issue would be we continue our conversation and I just I I, sh- I, I I shove it aside. I put it in the back seat. You're not driving my car. I'm mm-hmm. I'm driving my car. You're in the back seat. Get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just like a very very simple right of course example of of the kind of stuff that that our, our son unfortunately isn't quite ready for. So we've been dealing with this for 18 years mm-hmm. in and out of different, you know, um, providers and, and, uh, and, and it, 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 it's been a, a, a tough road, but one of the good things is we've been able to coach other people with, you know, family, friends, you know, we just say loved one who, you know, is in, in a rough patch, whatever it is, bipolar, uh, depression, you know, um, OCD, uh, a wide variety, uh, uh, borderline personality disorder. So, so we got involved with National Alliance on Mental Illness back in like around 2003, when after a while we we just could we just had no, didn't know where to turn, and and got a lot of you know good help resources, and then uh, found out and and there were some things that worked, but it just progressed well it's, it digressed with, with our son mm. but you know we're, we're hopeful there are definitely some new inroads that that have been happening but 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 back to the organization uh, we we then uh, I became involved on the board um, treasurer of our Lancaster County NAMI and and it, it, it's an outreach we have a support group every uh, month on the second Tuesday and and it's an opportunity for people who have no idea where to turn with their loved one who is saying strange things like aliens are telling me at night to uh, right, do people have like visions blank, you know, and, and we've all heard this in the news, those kind of things happening, you know, and police now are, are getting good training. It's called crisis intervention training, mm-hmm. CIT, where they're getting training to know how to speak with that person and how to deal with them. They're, they're not probably not going to be violent, Unless provoked, and you know you don't want to you know tr- trigger you know I- issues. So, so you know Nami's all about you know identifying needs and and you know funneling money into areas that 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 need address to assist uh, uh, families in crisis and, and to understand what uh, what numbers to call. You know what those sort of things. You know crisis inter- intervention number. And uh, uh, two one one, or is it four one one? Is has been a, a number to call, and you know, and just so, so these are all things that are ways of 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 being uh, part of change, and that's some of the good that's come out of having our our son that that's been struggling, you know, to be able to help others in similar situations find some resources and. And some answers. And where can they find that? Is there a website or a building? Sure, nami.org, N-A-M-I dot O-R-G. And then navigate to uh, uh, find a location near you, and then click Pennsylvania, and then you'll see the list of all the counties, and you'll see Lancaster County. And and uh, and my email address is actually the contact person at this point. But we're, we're doing some revamping as we're growing mm-hmm. and, and expanding our services and uh, opportunities for help. But it's a it, it's a great resource, and you know, come it's right now an online Zoom support group that we have to uh, to connect uh, 
people, you know, caregivers with other caregivers who've been there. And number one, they realize I'm not alone in this. Number two, it's not your fault if you Mm -hmm. have a a loved one who's, who's struggling. There's a, when, um, I have a story related to mental mental illness. And, uh, when I was, my mother was the closest thing in, in the life to me, right? I was a complete mother's boy and I, I wanted to become a scientist just like her. And I, even when my, she was, she taught at a different school than I went to. So whenever my school was off, I'd go over to her science lab room and create like the roller coasters out of the tubing or whatever. And, you know, I, I even got to dissect the sheep's brain, which I nice. didn't get to do at my, my school. So, so that, you know, because there's like classic dissecting a frog. I was like, that's never been my experience, but I, I dissected the sheep's brain and that was a cool thing. Yeah. But, uh. So when she when she passed away, completely out of the blue, it was a Sunday morning, and my my grandmother had had this weird feeling that she was gonna have another heart. She's had three, so I was like, okay, we're gonna trust that she knows her, you know, what's gonna happen. So she went to the hospital, and we were just playing outside, and then all of a sudden we see an ambulance, and you know, the the, the kid game is the oh, where's the ambulance gonna stop this time? Yeah. And then it stopped in front of my house, and oh, I'm like, Corey, oh no, and yeah. And uh, I saw my mother go out on a stretcher, and that was the uh, – I don't remember the last time I saw her alive. Mm. But um, – How old were you, did you say? Twelve, I yeah. do believe. Uh, yeah. But uh, so she had died in her sleep of a heart attack at 40 oh. years old. Oh, boy, that's young. That's so young. I don't know. Completely out of nowhere. Oh, oh my. And oh. – um, but uh, so what, what happened was is that I uh, – started to create a phobia of science because I had thought my, my mother was a scientist. She died uh, because of science. So uh, like a completely irrational tra- train of thought. Right. Mm. Uh, and I, I understand that, but that's what happened. <laughs> so over, over the course of time, I started creating this obsessive OCD where I, uh, I, if I went into a science room, touched anything related to science, I was dirty. I needed mm-hmm. to be cleaned, mm-hmm. uh, so I'd wash my hands obsessively. Uh, I'd had di- I, ha- I would have different piles of clothes, and my grandmother, and my, my and my dad will remember this uh, because I had my my science day, and then my normal clothes that where I could you know actually be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. But the the science clothes I was always dirty. I had to keep my hands out like this, so so at least my hands were clean, right? So I could like touch my face and hair or whatever. Um, and so it, it got to the point where. Uh, you know, my, I'm keeping this hidden from my parents. They, they don't know what's going on uh, because it's it's a weird thing, right? It's weird. And I, I acknowledge that, but it's just the way it, my brain couldn't not do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, it got to the point where our uh, we had a, we have a family friend is, is a cleaning lady, so she cleans our house uh, every now and then, and she decided to reorganize my room. Oh, that means the contaminated clothing was touching the non-contaminated. Everything became contaminated, and all of my like hiking stuff and all I couldn't use it anymore because it was dirty and I couldn't clean it. And uh, I had like a whole mental breakdown. I was like, oh. yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, sure, sure. And uh, so going to therapy and and all that jazz. It, oh. um, I, I did do so that. So you did seek help. Good for you. Well, well they kind of made me do it. <laughs> okay. Well, but, it, but you complied. I, I complied. Um, it didn't work the best way for me. Mm. So I, I kind of just let, let it go. But um, I, I've realized over time it's gotten less and less. I can actually go into the science room and be fine. 
I can uh, I like watching topics about science now, mm-hmm. uh, which I love to do because I wanted to be a zookeeper when I grew up. So. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but because that wow. happened, now I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of zookeeper sometimes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Herding cats, musicians. <laughs> um, but you know, OCD will never tell you the truth. It will always be there. Mm. But you have to actually be be able to choose, like I said, to not have it be the driver, but put it in the back seat. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of what I've been uh, doing. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I, I I'm not <laughs> I'm not masochistic because I wouldn't I wouldn't force myself into a science room just for the heck of it. Sure. But uh, over over time, it just got less and less. Uh, Probably as my, because I, I bottled up my feelings a lot too, so it probably mm. had some sort of uh, effect. Okay. Um, but the uh, obsession, of course, you were obsessed with that idea. Yeah. And then you were compelled, that's the compulsion part, compelled to do, do something like the separation of things and not touch this and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it got, it, well, it got really bad <clears throat> because uh, back, back then, you know, hand sanitizer wasn't as a, "Quote unquote healthy, uh, okay. right? Sure. Uh, it would be. It wouldn't be more. There wouldn't be moisturizing. Uh, so yeah. it got to the point where my hands were so cracked up, like like the oh, desert. Yeah. Yeah. I could squeeze my hand and see blood ooze oh, out my. of it. Yeah, it, it was that bad. And what OCD will tell you is, I washed my hands for the tenth time. What if I didn't get them clean enough? Mm. I, I'll just mm. do it one more time. OCD will say, you just you want to do it just one more time, and then. Don't you think you want to do it one more time? Right. You know? Yeah. And, and and you just it, you just totally get stuck. And and that that is the the liar of OCD, you know, telling telling you that. And yeah, and that's where the exposure response therapy, you know, com, comes in. And there's an amazing on every Wednesday night, eight o'clock. There's a Q and A at eight o'clock Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Comes out of Chicago, so seven o'clock Central. Patrick McGrath, Doctor McGrath is the authority, the expert on OCD. And you call in with your question, and the guy just has incredible answers. And and it's just so much insight. He wrote a book called The OCD Answer Book. Mm. And anybody who's dealing with it it has been so helpful for us. Uh, All the different uh, levels of of, uh, treatment that we have have, – sought out has, has been of huge that, that book has given so many great dialogues and other options as we converse with the professional because many of the professionals are finding new things out about right. OCD yeah. and but but Patrick McGrath then um, met with us online we it took six weeks but we were able to connect with him and uh, of great help and so like that's one of the the new inroads you know some things he suggested and then there are therapists that are really, really excellent at doing the exposure response prevention, but they have to prepare the person. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are now is preparing our son for this particular kind of treatment to get him ready then to go into a treatment center, a residential program, maybe for two months. But guess what? We tried that. We went up to Wisconsin went to Chicago, you know, thousands of dollars with rental cars and hotels and, you know, and everything, but he, he wasn't ready for that treatment program. 
you know. So so there's another thing if anybody's listening, just to, to make sure that that the person, the loved one that you have dealing with that, it, just make sure that before you go to all that effort like we did, we were just desperate to get him somewhere that we right, thought could course. fix him, you know. But he didn't want it bad enough. Yeah, it, it's it, it's no matter how much you want to fix somebody, they have to be ready for it, and that exactly. that's that's the that's the thing for like rehab all across the board of, of alcoholics or uh, oh, yeah. drug substance they they have to be ready for yeah. it is if you're gonna and i that's that's probably why the therapy didn't work for me i was just not ready for it and okay. i'm an introvert anyway uh-huh. so having a stranger come over and ask me all these deep questions i just didn't give him anything yeah. um yeah but yeah it's gotten a lot better for me granted covid kind of Kind of, kind of heightened oh, yeah. it a, yeah. a bit. Heightened it. There's yeah. a good word for it. Oh, uh, yeah. I use hand sanitizer now when I shake people's hands, but I I understand. I feel like that that's like a normal thing almost. So. Yeah, yeah, just to make sure. Well, but it's not like I do it upset. Ups, like I I have control over it. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. I I have. It's not it's not driving my my force. I still like I can still like use my phone or whatever after I shake someone's hand. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. then I couldn't, uh, mm-hmm. but now I can and it's okay. Like what would happen if I took my shoe off right now? That's fine. And and I licked the bottom of it. I I wouldn't. Oh, that's you, right? <laughs> that's not me. Okay, so the the point I'm making, yeah. You know, and there's another thing is okay. I'm gonna prove that if I do it, nothing terrible is gonna happen. Mm. I'll be fine. I'll I'll live. I I won't get sick. I'll I'll call you in th- in three days. Let you know nothing bad happened. You know, that's just another example of right. exposure response <laughs> therapy. You know, is I'll show you, you know, and and then and if, then if you try it, you meaning if a right, person, not you, Corey, but then then you you try it and and find out, and you have to live with it, that compulsion, with that obsession, creating a compulsion. Live with it, and find out it it's it's nothing. It's a lie. And just get re- in the backseat. Yeah, <laughs> reconnecting brain uh, brain patterns, right? I, I guess. It, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, that's that's what they were like rewiring your brain to accept uh, something is okay versus not, and that mm-hmm. it's because it's a habit, right? It's a it's a it's a forced habit, but it's yeah. a habit, right? It's a habit. It's it's even an emotion. Yeah, exactly. I, I've heard of it called that as well. Okay. Yeah. So it, and it has you have to re rewire your brain. Yeah. In order for for it to uh, go away, for you to have power over it. Because that's that's it's it's a practice in in of itself. Mm-hmm. You don't just one day have control over it. It's a process, right. and I'm and obviously I'm still not uh, done with it yet. Sure. And and uh, I've heard that uh, once one addiction goes away, it finds places to gravitate to. Yeah. Oh oh yeah. It, it's it's a voracious animal, mm-hmm. o- OCD, and, and it, it's it's hungry and it wants to eat you for lunch. You know, basically. Yeah. I've heard it, Patrick put it that way. In fact, now there's the medication side. There are some yes. excellent medications these days. You know, clomipramine is a, is a great one, and Vralar, and uh, you know, so so there's definitely other uh, you know. See your doctor. <laughs> Go see your doctor. <laughs> see your psychiatrist. See your yeah, psychiatrist. yeah, but make sure that they know the OCD medications that are available because they're developing new ones all the all the time naturally. Yeah, and um, I can't stress this enough. If you are a person that that struggles with this, be open with your doctor. If you don't trust your doctor, mm-hmm. you need a new doctor. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the purpose of going to the doctor is to tell them all your vulnerable stuff. And, and and that can get very embarrassing sometimes. And mm-hmm. but 
how are you going to get better if, if, if a medical professional doesn't know about it? Mm-hmm. You're just going to – effectively, you're kind of wasting your money and yeah. insurance. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, take full full benefit of your, your doctors, your physicians, your therapists. You're mm-hmm. literally paying them. <laughs> it's, you know, and it's their job, right? Mm-hmm. And they have probably dealt with things much, much deeper than, than maybe what you have. And you know what? They're probably up for the challenge. They love they, they went to college for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right. they love helping, and they're they're gonna do the best for you. And something for the faith community is, if you've got a mental illness or you have a loved one who 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 does, it's not that they lack faith. It's not that they lack faith. It's not that they lack character. And the same is true of somebody addicted to drugs because it's possible. It's not always the case, but it's possible that they're self medicating a mental illness, you mm. know, and, and, and there's treatment. It doesn't have to be this way. And, and then you find the faith component once you start feeling well, mm. and it's just a beautiful thing. It, it's, it's almost, you're right, because it's almost been kind of a taboo if, if you're a Christian and you have the, uh, some sort of addiction or mental illness, oh, you have the devil in you. You need to repent. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, you're just a human who's, you know, everyone has fallen. And every everyone is not going to be perfect. You can't say you. That's not helpful at no, all. No. That's gonna that's going to ruin that person's psyche. It's going to make it worse. It's going to make it so much worse. They're they're going to uh, want to not be a part of you. Right. That leads to church hurt. Mm-hmm. That leads to falling falling further further away, spiraling deeper deeper. And they're gonna they're gonna clam up about it because they're gonna be like, oh, they're gonna critique me. Or they're going to say, I'm of the devil. Mm. That's not, as Christians, we're told to love each other as we would love ourselves. Would mm. you, If you had a mental illness, would you tell yourself that, oh, I'm a demon? Mm. Probably not. Or just shake it off. <laughs> or shake yeah. it off. Or yeah. uh, just deal with it. And there's a lot of cultural, cultural taboos, that, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You know, where are some people, oh, I just, it's my nerves. Yeah. Right, of course. Or I'm just going through it. This and that, you know, and just trying to explain it away, but they're just not getting really, excuses. They're not. They're not addressing the core issue. It doesn't have to be that way. It, it can doesn't. Be totally different. It, yeah, there's some things that I, I don't hate. I don't mean to say it's not normal, but it, it's you don't have to. This doesn't have to be your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Things can right. change. Things mm-hmm. can get better. Uh, yeah, you have some things you have to live with, but some things you don't. But back to music, that's where music can be yeah. therapy. And, of course, there's a whole, whole <laughs> career and a whole uh, subject and discipline. Music therapy, a lot of, you know, many, many music schools have that. If they haven't, they're getting it right now as we speak. You know, and, and then, you know, w- when you apply all of treatment, the therapy, if medication is indicated, and then the music making suddenly can just be even a greater thing. Mm-hmm. Now, wrong medications can, can numb, hinder, yeah, yeah, and hinder the music making process. So Talk to your it's doctor. just finding balance. It could be years before you find that balance, you know. So. Yeah. So we're kind of running out our time here. So I have some general questions I, I like to ask a lot of people. Okay. So as a teacher, what are some mistakes you've seen from students or other other educators? And what is some advice you could give to curtail that? Hmm. Whoa, let's see. Um, 
don't use an electronic device in class, students. <laughs> Put it away. It's Unless it's like a laptop or? Well, um, yeah, right. you know, I mean, if, if you're, clear all the, well, clear all the distractions uh, from, from your, your in, in, in your class setting, you know, of, mm-hmm. of course, that's, that's one thing. Um, don't assume anything. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Uh, don't ever hesitate. Once again, and, your teachers are being paid to do that. Yeah, and and don't be afraid that right. you're the only one going to be appearing dumb if you ask it because so and, many other people, someone else had that same question but was was not bold afraid. enough. To yeah, ask. yeah, and and just realize, you know, high school is just this tiny little speck that exists in your life. It's not everything. You'll get out of it. You know, you'll you'll be fine. And, and realize there's so much more so out much there, more. but 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 you, you can't understand that when you're in it. Of course. Well, and here's the funny thing: like your time perception pr- progresses as you age. Um, this was fascinating to me. But uh, younger kids, you know, they've only lived, you know, five, six, ten plus years. Uh, I've noticed this as I've grown older. Every day is passing by like this, and I remember sitting in class like. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, for for kids or uh, for teens or college students, even you got to realize that this is a short. No matter how long it feels, by the time you're you're forty, fifty, you're gonna look back and like, wow, that was not a lot of time at all. Mm, it, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I just realized how it, I, it's been five years since I've been in high school, and I, I still remember it like yesterday. I'm like, sure. wow, oh, time yeah. is. Yeah, and it it'll stick with you. It'll oh yeah, be, for sure. It'll still be fresh, you know. Just like you know, I I think like as I'm getting older, like the Billy Joel song is, "When I wore a younger man's mm-hmm. clothes." <laughs> you know? I I'm still the same person, but you know, but I still feel that youngness, and but I just you know now I'm wearing older man's clothes, but I'm still that kid inside. Yeah, know? and it's it's important to never lose that that child inner child because that's what makes life interesting yeah right? being inquisitive and always willing Curious. to learn wanting to learn yeah. and and not being arrogant to think you know at all or you know and yeah being willing to accept yeah. uh critique hardships and you know be being yeah you're right inquisitive curious and be humble be humble it's huge huge it's a gift to be simple gift to be free just like the famous uh, song, "Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free," and that's a it's a freedom in being humble because you you, you never have to try to prove anything. You just hey, uh, I I don't know it all, mm. and I I want to learn. Please help help me learn and to approach everybody as someone that you know you, you will share and and teach each other. You know, and it, that's helpful. Yeah. So, um, what is one thing that you know now? That you wish you had known when you first started this community regarding to teaching, music, business? Boy, I have no idea how to answer that. I, I think I'm kind of uh, starting to fade here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, I know now, oh, probably use um, for hearing, use oh. ear, earplugs sooner. Because I, I, you know, I played in a lot of bands and cymbals and everything, and I, you know, I just wonder if I have 
you know, I do have hearing loss for sure. And uh, just wonder you know, how things would be. So, so right away, protect your just, ears. Yeah, protect your ears wherever, whatever you're doing, mowing. Right. Yeah. From that to if you're a musician gigging, you know, this marching band. Uh, yeah, and marching. I yeah. was in a drum line, and I, oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I played. I marched a Glockenspiel actually. Did, so, really? Yeah. Cool. Wow. Uh, I wasn't. They, they had a, a marching set, not not like in pit, but you would you would attach it to your. Uh, shoulder oh, yeah. so a lot of my higher end stuff is fizzling out because you know it's so high and tingly oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah, and yeah. then i have you know you have high school snare drummers whack, 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 yeah. all behind you oh yeah oh yeah uh, so yeah the higher partials the overtones that mm-hmm. are, that have been lost that's my case oh yeah so that yeah definitely where uh and you can get them at guitar center there's you know the cheap the cheap ones like five five bucks they, to get, like they filter ready. the sound the, the the sound pressure isn't as great but you still get the frequencies that you need yeah and then there's the the higher quality ones that you can like actually change the decibel intake mm, which neat. are really nice okay I bought a, I bought a pair of those okay at Guitar Center like forty bucks yeah yeah and uh, oh my advice. gosh they you can still hear everybody talking it, it's just a little bit quieter and it doesn't hurt anymore mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be in in a in a spot in a live audience where uh where things are loud right uh so i'm curious what was one of the you talked about um being uh, traveling working for uh the theater that did broadway shows what was it like to work with some of those high quality uh yeah actors actresses yeah so um we would show this is Hershey Theater specifically. Yeah, yeah. So these are traveling Broadway shows. So I, I wasn't going to Broadway. <clears throat> right. So so I you know, being a gigging bass player in the area for decades, you know, you get all these connections. So the guy that was hiring musicians, uh, you know, I, I had played with a number of times and then he offered me the job of whenever, you know, there's a touring company. And and I, I would have to coordinate that with my teaching schedule, of course. But it ended up, you know, working quite well. I would maybe just have to take one day, uh, you know. We get personal days, you know. I was able to take that maybe a full day, and that was that would just be like on a Tuesday, for example. So we show up at ten o'clock, you know, load in, get everything set up, and then you rehearse with the pit for for the show. Like we did Fiddler on the Roof, you know, the uh, the the touring group uh grand hotel peter pan kathy rigby mm. was was peter pan uh what other sh- well okay you get the idea right. so and you have to be able to read like like your life dependent on it yeah read right music because your gig dependent on it yep so then we'd rehearse with the the pit you know just touching up just basic stuff you know and then and, and break for lunch and then by one o'clock or two o'clock we would then have the rehearsal they had specific spots, you know, having done it many times from mm-hmm. maybe they were coming from Vegas or they were coming from the West Coast or who knows where. And then, you know, or Atlantic City. And then uh, you, you would run specific spots and soundtrack and everything. And then at, by 4 o'clock, you know, get dinner, settle in, and then curtain at seven thirty or something like that. It's Tuesday night all the way to Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So being evenings, then you know, I would teach during the day and then play at night. That was, I think, before I taught at Millersville, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Millersville was one night a week, and it might have been at the same time for a couple of years. Yeah. So that that was just great. 
um, you know, some of the musicians I played with, you know, were were connected with a lot of really, you know, very world class, very well known, yeah, musicians and the stories they would share and you know, um the uh and then the people on stage, just the you know, amazing talent that, that was there and getting to just meet them and say hi, you know, and they thank they were and often so humble, you know, thank mm. you so much and for you know, for your time and even though we were getting paid pretty pretty well, you know, but still, you know, oh, they, yeah. they were very humble about that and, awesome. and, and glad we were there. Uh I'm curious. Did was a was balancing your music and job uh, versus your family life was that ever a challenge for you? Not at all, because the boys were young, you know, and and they they'd be in bed, you know, not long after I would leave for the gig. You know, we were living above Lydis at the time, and it was only about a half hour mm-hmm. to Hershey, uh, and and then we moved to Elizabethtown, and I think I did a few shows there, and that's even closer. Right. But no, no, it was there was there was no no yeah. no problem there. That's good. Um, my my dad, he was a you know gigging local drummer. Yeah, and he had to go like to Virginia, and that's why that's probably why I became a, more of a mama's boy anyway, because oh. my dad was never around. Farther distances. Uh, farther yeah. distances. Not to say that he was a, a absent father. He was very much there, especially when I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But um, uh, yeah, because he woke up at like five o'clock in the morning to go. He he uh he's also uh, legally blind. Um, he's, he's got a few problems, (laughs) but, um, but, uh, he, yeah, so he would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, go to work. He, he makes, uh, works for, works for blind industries and they, uh, provide opportunities for the blind to work. And so he may, he, they make, uh, clothes for the military. Mm. And so he would be gone by five o'clock and sometimes I'd wake up and catch him and pray with him before he left. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah, because yeah, because I, I somehow I got up. I don't know. I'm wow. a very light sleeper. Okay. So that must have been it. Yeah. And I'd wander out, and he'd you know we'd pray, and then he'd leave, and then I go into go into the mother's room and snuggle with my mother. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so I do, but he sometimes he wouldn't get back until like five o'clock, and then that's usually when you have to get ready to go pack out for a gig. Oh right? yeah. So yeah. he it was just always gone, and um. Sometimes, I re- sometimes, it's weird. I don't have any real memories of me, of me and my dad. Wow. Um, and he he's still living. Oh, he's still living. Yeah, he's, said, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, as, as a child, I can remember some fishing trips. But that's like, I see wow. some pictures with me. Like, uh, we went we went to Six Flags all the time. Oh yeah. And uh, I I remember me and my mom being there, but I see pictures of it now. And it's like, oh, my dad was there too. Well, he was often probably behind the camera. Well, no, no, he was in the pictures with us. Oh, right, yeah, you said. So I, I was, I was like, hmm, that's interesting how that how that works. Almost, you'd think yeah. that would be a, a core memory of like your your dad. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm always uh, thinking ahead. I want, I, I want to be very careful about uh, intentional, mm-hmm. put it that way, mm-hmm. with hanging out with the kids. Uh, that's good. So one last question. As a Christian, what is worship to you? How would you define it? Oh, declaring his worth, uh, uh, totally being able to wipe everything away that you, the distractions and just just 
open your hands up to him and just just release all concerns and care and just acknowledge (laughs) I am totally overwhelmed at how good you have been and how much you love me and with things that are currently happening it's it's all for a reason and I give it all to you and worship you and no matter what because then everything that are those shadows it they it suddenly becomes a light it, it's lit and no longer a shadow but it's something that could be for my benefit well, with that said, this has been the Story Podcast with Don Grabowski. Please be sure to check him out on, on his links, the musicianslive.org. Right. And his link tree is the Practice Musicians Glove. Check out his products. Uh, you also do, uh, you know, you check him out. Go see him at LCBC. Yeah. yeah. Come to a gathering. Come to a gathering. LCBC does some uh, wonderful stuff. I, I've been meaning to get out there more. Because uh, there's there's just so many churches though, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, with with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, rest of your day. Tomorrow I have a guest, Cat Brennan. Uh, she's a alum uh, alumni of LB of LBC, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, but and she'll be on here tomorrow at three thirty p.m. Be sure to check that out. She's a live uh, production technician, so you get to learning all that stuff. Because that's a whole beast in and of itself, yeah. right? There's the musicians, and then there's the electricians that, yeah. that make it sound good. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. Yeah. Um, if you want to support us, like, comment, share with your friends. You can find us anywhere. Search the story, Corey Rosen, C-O-R-Y, no E-R-O-S-E-N. And if you want to be up to date on all of our upcoming guests and events, please check out our Instagram at the underscore story underscore podcast or our Facebook Facebook.com forward slash story, the story Corey Rosen. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.